0: Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the goblin lore podcast uh this is a special episode which I say a lot and uh, I mean it every time because every episode is special but also this <laughs> I was like they're all special. they're all special but also this episode I'm just gonna say it all three of our hosts are here this is great we it, it, we've we've had some some things back and forth I know we we recorded episode 200 recently together which was awesome too and that was our first episode with all three of us for a while but it's always fun, we get everybody together. So today, we wanna to talk about uh, events, magic events. Um, Hobbs just came back, who you heard a little bit ago, and we'll do introductions in a second, but Hobbs just came back from Vegas, uh, wants to talk, so we wanna to talk to him uh, about the event, and then also just kinda of talk about these, this version of magic events, because Wizards has kinda of changed the formula up a few times in the last couple of years, So I suppose, grand prix to magic fest may have been more of just a name change than a actual content change but uh, that's we kind of figure this would be a fun episode especially now all of the events for 2023 are done we know the first one in 24 but we don't know what the rest of the 2024 schedule looks like so it's a fun time to get in and, and spe- do some speculation maybe just some talk about what we liked and want to see changed but Introductions. Uh, I guess I'll introduce myself. Um, hand it over for everyone else to introduce, and then I can answer the question. Uh, I'm Alex. Found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. At least for now. I don't know. We'll see what happens. My pronouns are he him. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hobbs, you want to introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm Hobbs. I can be found on everywhere. I guess basically that you're looking at Hobbs Q. So Twitter, Blue Skies, other random websites,
0: Friendster, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and my pronouns are he, him. Yeah, you did one of the smart things that I didn't do, where you got out early and made your internet identity, and then your handle is the same thing everywhere.
1: <laughs> it does
0: that make it really nice. Yeah. Very much not the case for me. So,
2: hi, I'm Taya. Uh, pronouns are she, her, are they, them. I'm at Taya Transcends pretty much everywhere. Um, we did forget to uh, start off by thanking the Grinding Cough Company, uh, so let's make sure we do yes. that before we go any further.
0: Absolutely, thank you, Hobbs. Since you're here, do you want yes. to be the authoritative voice to talk about that?
1: Caffeine lately, so that would be a fantastic thing for me to do so yeah the grinding coffee company is uh one of our oldest uh, people that we've worked with and have partnered with um they're a coffee company that really are is for gamers um they are lgbt and minority ran and led they are um, just a fantastic organization that just provides discounts to mainly streamers we're one of their only podcast people and what's nice about that is they're always very willing just for for very little effort on our parts like to just pair with us for events to give us discount codes and just kind of help us be able to get, have cool giveaways. Cause I, I really like giving things away that aren't just magic. So I, I love the grinding coffee company and I need to order some coffee.
0: Very nice. Was it love, love thanking them. Taya. thank you so much for, for remembering to thank them early, but usually with Hobbs isn't here, it's just like, ah, I don't like coffee, but they keep Hobbs caffeinated and that's wonderful. And they sponsor us for events and they help us get stuff to give it. It's great, but I'm glad Hobbs is here to actually talk about it.
1: Keeping Hobbs caffeinated is very important. Very important.
0: So for our opening question, because we want to talk about Vegas, the Magic Con, Vegas in 2023, kind of this new version, talk about these new events. I was thinking maybe, why do we go to these? We've been going to, to events for, I've been doing magic events for, well, since I came back to the game over a decade ago now. And I'm assuming both both of you have been going to events for a long time and it's like what what's the big thing here? And I think there's a lot of good community stuff. I think the community is a big part of it, but one of the little facets of that that I want to talk about is some of the weird things the games types and stuff that you can do at at big events like this because there are so many people there's a critical mass to allow, these event coordinators or the community themselves to do some more strange things. And that's one thing that if you know me for magic, there's a lot of, I love to play the game. I love to play normal games of commander or draft and stuff, but what really gets me excited is when I can torture my friends with a homelands draft or, and or do things like one of my favorite events I ever did at a, at a grand Prix was the first one I went to, Um, 2014 so just about a decade ago in Orlando they had a Ice Age draft It it was I think it was two packs Ice Age four packs Cold Snap and there were 17 of us plus one judge all 17 players were players who played Ice Age when it first came out what in 94 I think and it was just a fun time like it was a sanctioned event technically but it whatever we were playing sealed we were just all hanging out and joking around about the guy who got an emulative Quag and it requires anti and he has to talk to he's like judge can i use this and it's like well no and so he had it was just a fun event and because again it was a big there were a few thousand magic players getting get together for this thing um, i believe that one was a star city games event the coordinator was just able to hey, we're going to do this weird little thing if somebody wants to pay us extra money to do this. And 17 of us were weird enough to say sure.
2: Yeah, they've had some really weird events. Besides, you know, Gavin's Unknown event, which is the coolest thing they've ever done at Magic Cons, I think, for weird events. But they've also had like the, you know, 36 draft, you know, or 36 sealed of the latest, you know, standard 36 of the latest standard draft packs in one box sort of thing and all kinds of weird stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I was hoping you'd mentioned the Gavin on because I know you played that in Minneapolis, right, Taya?
2: Yeah, I got to play that in Minneapolis and Hobbs got to play it in Vegas. Uh, I did. And it was funny because that was one of the things I was going to
1: mention. So, yeah, I think it's great Alex bringing up these events because those sorts of things... Are, to me are just wild the the things that you don't get to do other places
0: yeah or i, I know there's a few things that at minneapolis are talking about like like you were saying tay like the full box seals or they had like chaos draft or not chaos draft but like chaos bag seal where it's like here is yeah. 48 but random <laughs> booster. i think they had it preset but it was like two yeah. of this set two of this set two of this set um, here's your
1: here's here's 48 packs we needed to get rid of yeah well, you got some dragon's maze
0: no, I I still <laughs> genuinely, honestly have a sealed box of dragons maze. I want to trap triple dragons maze with some um, unfortunate souls one of these days.
2: But yeah, how about um, you too? Well, um, I'm I'm pretty sure I know what Hobbs is going to say. I, I mean, obviously, I think the community is the most important thing for all of us. So I, I'm you know assuming we're all picking something different. And I think I know what Hobbs is going to talk about. So I'm going to pick something different. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, the weird events, you know, are definitely uh, also one of the things that I considered saying. So you beat me to that one. So I'm going to say right now it's the, the cosplayers. Uh, getting to see all the cosplayers is definitely worth it. I, I'm glad that they're finally making the cosplay contest a big center stage event. And we'll talk about more of that later. But I've always enjoyed them being there, even before they got paid to, you know, traveler appearance fees, and they still don't get anything that covers their trip or anything. the The award winners now at least get something that makes it worth their time and effort. But most of them are doing it because they love doing cosplay, and you know they they love doing it because they enjoy doing it, and they're not they're not getting nearly what it costs to ship. Their cosplays and make them and everything covered to these events. They're doing it because they love doing it, and uh, we have some just so many great community members that are in the cosplay community, and I love that. Uh, and the you know the, the new Magic Cons where they have these big cosplay dioramas where you have these sets that are set up that look like the various planes have been fantastic. Yeah, the interactive kind of sets
1: where you can do where you can get photos taken yeah. with cosplayers or get your own just photo taken on say like the throne yeah. of Eldrain was the one for Magic Con Vegas. Um I don't remember what Minneapolis was.
0: They had a few little things. I don't know if there was any specific like that, but there was the like Dominaria study That's which really- was Yeah, yeah, they yeah had and, a, and a strobe throne
2: and a- the, yeah.
0: the the Shivan Dragon hanging from the ceiling. That would be yeah. a little harder to get pictures of with yourself, but that was a cool <laughs> thing, yeah, and that we we can get into more later too. But the the putting more emphasis on cosplayers help you know doing more with them, like the prizes actually being worth it, and um, but also just making that a centerpiece of the event is, I think, super cool. Of course, but also it's it's an interesting. That's a lot of what like fan conventions have all were already doing for other fandoms. Yep, and so I think that's going to be part of our conversation later in this episode of like things where it looks like lessons that are being taken from other places where there are similar events or events similar to what they're trying to do and bringing some of that into the magic's events.
1: Yeah. Yeah. M- moving us more to actual cons, which we're going to, that's, I mean, that, that's, basically the topic of this. And it's going to be hitting very well on um, a callback to some of our early episodes where we, we talked about some of this, uh, but I guess I need to answer. So, now I got to hope that I did not disappoint Taya. I don't think I'm going to. Uh, it's having the artist at the event. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly yeah. what you yeah, were
2: saying. Yeah. I mean, that was, that, that was my number one, but I was leaving yeah. it for you. Well, I appreciate that. But I mean, it's true. Like, I I mean, I, I, uh,
1: we we talked about this a long time ago. You know, it used to be very small. It was basically like RK Post, maybe one or two other people. Um, you know vegas would have a few more but like now we're really getting like full-on artist alleys you mentioned cons alex it makes me think of when i used to go to like san diego comic con
2: that there was an artist alley right there was just- and they have lines of people waiting for them too where like before there'd be lines. one or two people waiting to talk to the artist and yeah. now now there's you know, long lines of people that are waiting to talk Mm -hmm. or buy stuff from the artists. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. The the artists
0: are making money. And the event is set up in a way where they can have those long lines without being disruptive to everybody too, because they're planning that and have the logistics set up and worked out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing, you know, an explosion in the um, proof market. So I'm seeing a lot more people now when I'm in line buying proofs. And, paying the prices and the pri- the proof prices are going up as i think they should um i you know i'm i'm always in favor of artists getting paid right it may change my own what i'm able to buy and i'll talk about that a little bit with with vegas and my budget but like th- it's not because the prices are unreasonable with these artists are moving up to charging it's that people actually there's actually much more of a demand now that the artists can justify that uh, i mean it's funny to think about that it used to be People got like really upset when artists started charging for their signature.
0: Right? Mm. Oh do you remember that?
1: Yeah. People were like, what? You want me to pay for a signature? And it was like this is like the bare okay. minimum for you to be able to do. <laughs> like yeah. uh-huh. you're plopping down like 30, 40 cards, and now I'm still seeing people plop down that cards, but they have I'm not hearing I'm not hearing any chatter about paying for a signature.
2: No, and um, some of them. I mean, if you get one of the really fancy signatures, some of them are like ten, fifteen bucks yeah. for a signature. If you want the like super like, fancy, ones. like the rainbow
1: chrome colors, they're like they're cool too. They look yeah. fantastic. Aaron Miller's rainbow signature is one of the greatest things I've seen on a card. Right? It's so good, and he charges for it. Right? It, it gets, but people are not complaining about that because yeah, normally, well, it takes him time. You know, yeah, so he deserves yeah. to
2: get paid for that time. And
1: it used to be that that wasn't the expectation, you know, like artists were just there, you know, they think this is probably one of the bigger changes. But, um, you know, this is what led to kind of a boycott by artists at one point of like the events,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: they if you remember rightly, Alex, that yep. was what was going on when, when Titus was on the show, mm-hmm. um, because they were basically vendors paying for a slot and, and it wasn't worth it because they weren't able to, they weren't able to take yeah. home
0: the money. Yeah, right. they were they're, they're being – yeah, they were paying the vendors. I don't know if it was exactly, but yeah, like you said, they were paying like the vendors were, but they didn't have a whole table full of merchandise. So a lot of what they were doing was signing cards. Yeah. I mean and selling some things. But,
1: but, but people were complaining about them too, Yeah, I, I mean oh. I saw Prince. I see Prince's prints going off special things like justine jones doing metal tokens um Mm -hmm. right like like artists are doing special for each event they're doing exclusives yeah
0: Yeah, and that used to be a thing that i saw rk post doing but no one else
2: rk post and mark teeden started a lot of this where they would you know they would go to every event and start these like special i you know special items per event and um it's become super common
1: so so yeah so t- t- you know tay was completely right that that is where I was gonna go unless it had been stolen so but yeah so uh, you know um, we're kind of starting this from this discussion I kind of already brought it up a little bit that years ago we had this conversation we started to have some of this conversation with with Titus Lunter I mean this is year one of the podcast five years ago where we were talking about right like events were t- still at that point tournaments. With some artists yep. there, some cosplayers there,
0: and some vendors,
1: some vendors. But like they weren't really supported. There was no support, right? Like it was, Not. It was you paid to get yourself to the event. You did it yep. because you enjoyed it. Um, it didn't make sense for the artists. And we talked a lot about what we would like to see change. And a big part of what we wanted to see change was basically, magic events were moving towards casualness. I mean, I mean the, the pandemic really sped this up. Because Commander emerged is like the defining factor and the thing that was in some ways saving magic because it was what was causing stuff to still get sold. It was the dominant format that was being played over online, right? Like Arena and MTGO, there weren't high level, like paper tournaments because the logistics on that would be a nightmare that you were doing 1v1. Spell table emerged, Commander as it was, it was it was more like what Mark Mark Rosewater has always said. Casual players is what really drives the the money in the game. Um, yeah.
0: I mean and you can see some of that they were definitely trying to change the events before. But like you said, it, it accelerated because that's where they were originally the events were just called Grand Prix. It like it was Grand right. Prix Orlando that I went to With the 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 thing that was happening was the tournament, and because we had this many people here for the tournament, well, I guess we'll also do some side events for people.
2: And right before the pandemic, they
0: just hosted their first series of standalone command fests. Yep, and and they did the name change. Was that 2019 where they shifted to Magic Fest instead of Grand Prix?
2: Yeah, I think that right. But the focus there was 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 still yeah the event
1: Inside of yeah, Yeah. it was still a big
2: tournament.
1: The structure of the events
0: didn't. The structure of the events didn't change much. But I think, and I want to say we mentioned this somewhere on the podcast, but who knows? It's it's hard. There's a lot of episodes (laughs) and we say a lot of things. (laughs) But I I believe we were saying something like it. It feels like they're pushing towards more of a convention thing, but they still have the structure of the tournaments that they're kind of not stuck with but this is what they have and i don't think they want it at the time at least i i don't think they wanted to change too quickly but they definitely seemed they were looking to change that and then the pandemic forced them to go to zero which allowed them to kind of reboot much with a much larger change than i think they would have done maybe in that period of time without something forcing them to stop the events and restart them oh i think so
1: I mean, because even Which, then, when we were talking about, like, the the Magic Fest themselves, like you were saying, Alex, mm-hmm. there still was not an emphasis on just free play area, where right. people were paying a fee to get in the event, right, and then you could
2: do whatever, you know, that you could just, there, there wasn't, like, tables, you would still be getting moved. Right, well, you didn't, high. they didn't have the pay to get in thing until they started the Command Fest, that was when they started right. the pay to get in. And then they did have the, that was when they had the dedicated play area for. And didn't they have like a separate at that too, when the first one, because there was like a command zone that you paid. Yeah, they had the command zone inside the Grand prix, and that was like dedicated play space that you had to pay for. Right. Mm Mm-hmm and then they had the command fest which was like an event that was like richmond that i went to yeah um, there was one in seattle and that yep. was that was the, those were focused solely on commander, commander. Uh, those weren't attached to a larger grand prix Mm-mm. or anything
1: or like a world championship or yeah. a pro tour event or right like cuz cuz these magic cons have had not only have they had like a big tournament like there was a, there was a, like a main event tournament in vegas but there was world championships going on, right? Like the return to like very high level tournament play. However, that was in its own area and it was not the focus. I will tell you that, right? Like people knew what was going on. I mean, the top eight was absolutely stacked, but people were not really focusing on that event.
0: Yeah. And that was some of the structure with Minneapolis too. And I I don't know how things were set up in Vegas, maybe get more into the, the Vegas event, but in Minneapolis here, they had two areas set up for the first time. Like when they've done events in Minneapolis before they had one, just one big space, the GP would happen in one area. They'd set up, you know, the f- events they're firing off in other areas. And then if you were a casual player, you just grabbed whatever seat you could find and hope you didn't get kicked yeah. while, you were, well, while you were playing a game. But like this one, they had like the same amount of space that would have been the entire event was just the the competitive event in minneapolis and well, to the point where...
1: event with that like creator zone in the front yeah of it. and then the creator was, zone yep, in front that was like, yeah that was the size of what and, we and, had... and then
0: we yeah, had and that whole was a room where there was a whole other room that was three times that size that had everything else going on and that kind of threw me off like <laughs> the first day trying to meet up with someone i think it was me trying to meet up with Taya, and i was in the wrong room because i was just like oh yeah this is the event this is the room and I was yeah. wrong. Wrong on the scope yeah. of many things.
2: Yeah, that was that was big. Uh, Minneapolis is definitely the biggest one. Uh it was even bigger than the pre COVID Vegas conventions. And those were big. Those were the those were the closest thing prior to this, where we
1: actually had like yeah. an artist alley. Um, there was a little bit more dedicated space. The art show had shown up one year. Like yeah. Mike did the art show, I think seventeen, fifteen, seventeen.
2: There uh, might have been as much space at the COVID one or the the post COVID Vegas last fall, but it was spread out between two buildings.
1: Yep. Oh. And unless you
2: even knew where the other building was, you didn't know there was like a whole nother free play space in another building wow. away from the main convention space because they scheduled it last minute and had it at a really awful location. Oh, it it was at the okay. uh, yeah, it was at the where they had the first Vegas.
1: Actually, um, it's the one right by the the like the University of Las Vegas, not at the convention center itself. It's a convention center. It's not the Las Vegas. It's not
0: the convention center. Yeah, it's where
1: they actually held the very first Vegas. Which I can tell you, from them doing something like that and attempting something like that, that was 2013. Mm -hmm. It was a shit show. Um, (laughs) Like that, they they sold out the the GP. Which they had never done in a GP previously. Yeah, and then yeah. people were showing up for side events, and they like they were running people, as you said, Tay. Like this for for the one back in 2013, they were trying to even find a place to fire side
2: events. Right, and they yeah. they were running Things out of product. product and yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I remember hearing stories about that. GP Vegas 2013 opened like two thirds of all the Modern Masters 2013 product that ever existed. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was wild I, I got the i got there at like five in the morning to stand in line so that we could get the play and promo card because they literally ran out of them within like the first two hours wow you know? i mean it, it was wild right like i mean yeah, they, they, yeah. They, that was the first example of them yeah I see think, first realizing what how big something like
0: that could be yeah, and and I went to I think it was the next Vegas. I don't think they did one in yeah. fourteen. So I went in fifteen. No, they
2: did they did fifteen and seventeen. They yeah. started doing
0: them every other year. I went to
2: fifteen and seventeen. I missed nineteen because uh, family stuff.
0: But uh, yep, yeah, yeah. I, fifteen was the one I went to, and I remember that because that was one. It was simultaneous. It was Modern Masters again, or, or not Modern Masters? Yeah, Modern Masters again. And yeah. they were, they did three. Well, that was the three simultaneous GPS, right? One of yeah, I think they, they did a legacy two? one and uh, and. Two because then
1: 17 was when they ran like a legacy, a sealed, and a modern GP.
0: Well, and and in Vegas, yeah, I remember them doing that, but, but they also
1: all, still, right? It was, GPs. Yeah, it was it was all like big, right?
0: GPs at once. We're gonna yeah. have an
2: artist alley, but yeah, it, it, was was all, an it was like a tiny little corner in this huge, massive convention center.
0: Yeah. And, and it's because they knew there was going to be a critical mass of people for these bigger tournaments and these Vegas events, I think, were the biggest events that they've had. Oh, they were point, definitely
2: the biggest events. The, yeah.
0: You know. Then you'd have more artists. Like, I remember I went to, in 2015, I went, so I did Orlando in 14 in October and then Vegas in May of 15 and Charlotte in June of 15. And Vegas had so many more artists, so many more vendors because they just, there was going to be more people. They could support that. Or I mean, there was a, there was a table. I think it was a store. They might've been selling cards and things, but it was like most of what they had, they're from Europe. They were selling play mats from all the European GPs that yeah. you, people in the yeah. U S just couldn't get easy access to.
1: So, I mean, like, so like we had this kind of evolution happening and, you know they had done some stuff with really moving away from the pro tour. They were doing like esports kind of related elements. Like much more was being run even at big events on arena. And like I said, the pandemic I think really hastened this until we hit these actual what are being called magic cons, right? Which started in Vegas, if I recall. Last correctly. year,
2: right? Last year, yeah, was the first um, one.
1: We we went from there to Philly. Uh, we started getting on top of the elements we've already been talking about with the play space mm-hmm. area, actually getting more
2: panels.
0: Yep. Um, well, and and these were the first events you had to pay to get in the door, correct. which I think yeah. is is important to. Tie yeah, out.
2: yeah. I mean, the command command fests you had to as well. Yes. Uh, right. Those you did, um, but these were the first ones. These were the first ones they started running in conjunction with Repop. Yes,
0: mm. an
2: actual convention company. Like if people don't know, they run like yeah. packs. Hacks, they run a Star
0: Wars convention. Yeah, um, Star Wars. That's oh, like no. their name. I had the name. I want to say Star Wars Experience, but that's wrong. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the big annual Star Wars thing.
1: So, you know, like, so we get that, um, you know, uh, Philly, They have they have panelists. It's all, but that's all main stage. They have one main stage, right? And all the panels are streamed. They're all ran there. They're actually like a lot of them are company, but they have some invited guests. So things like game nights, Ristic Studies. You know they they've got. Well, I think in Fort Philly, Forecast had a Fort panel, cast had one Philadelphia. Yep. Yeah. And so we came out of that into to Minneapolis, right? That's what we know. And Minneapolis was the first time that they added another element, which is what we got to do because those were the first time they had fan led panels. Right now, we're really starting to hit on a convention. Like, you have choices to make between things going on at the yeah. same time, but, right? Yeah,
0: multiple programming things, particularly from like a fan convention. Like, yeah. there's some media stuff where you, media conventions where you wouldn't have as much of that, but some of the big fan conventions like it's all like, like community panels and community programs. Yeah. It's
2: like, I help run OrcaCon here in the Seattle area uh, Mm -hmm. every January. And, you know, that's like what we do is, you know, we have a, we have a panel room that competes against game schedules and everything else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's part of what you have to do is you have to decide what, you know, what schedules you're going to go up against and what content you want to see while you're at the con
0: Yeah, and you start to get a little programs, and then that starts to become.
1: Well, yeah, like you're using an app to like sign up for events, yeah, to keep track of your panels that you want to go to, and, um, you know, I think that I don't remember if we got a chance to discuss this, but like we ran into the awkwardness that they put, you know, there was there was a decent number of fan panels, but then they ended up taking us, and then the two like diversity, building inclusive gaming and building diverse worlds within your space uh, or like within your game because it was people from Wizards uh, and like uh, other people who had done w- world building and they stuck us all back to back to back in the same room, mm-hmm. um, you know, n- not streamed, not, uh, you know, we didn't really know what was kind of going on and what we were allowed to do or not do. We're up against the Pro Tour finals. We're up against... um Gavin's event, like Gavin's... we ran right up to Gavin's event. Yeah, on
0: yeah. Uh, and we had some issues with. There were just some logistical things about uh, about.
2: Well, but like
1: what, 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 what it too. means to
2: have fan-run panels to actually have even panels. small things like finding someone to unlock the room was like yes. you know <laughs> it, it's just like they're like oh you need to get in here and like yes we sort of have to present
0: you know <laughs> yeah. we would
2: really like to set up our
1: stuff yes yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah we we would like to be in the panel room as opposed to giving this presentation in the hallway. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know.
1: Well, anyway, but I mean, like, so so that's where we kind of left Minneapolis, right? Mm-hmm. They, they went to Barcelona. Um, Barcelona, they, you know, like, they added in, there's been some, like, night parties and stuff added. Yeah, that's, um, been, a,
2: that's been something they've had for a long time, where they've always yeah. had, like, VIP-level, you know, parties. I, you know, it's something that I've I've tended to always get you know, that package that comes with that. And then I never go because it's up past my bedtime and <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's too many people, but you know, but like it I'm was too part shy of like... to talk to people. Like I went to, <laughs> I went to one of the ones in Vegas and I was just like awkwardly standing around the whole time. Yep. That's fair.
1: And I could say, like, I remember it being with the one in Minneapolis, like you were, it was like the black Lotus and the VIP packages
2: um, yeah, that was the same night as your barbecue, and of course I was going to your barbecue instead of some random party. Which
1: I appreciate. People should realize that cook going to a, a cookout at Hobbs Q is, is better than a VIP experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't say that after Vegas, but we'll get to that. Um... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, so, you know, Barcelona, I obviously don't know as much about. I do know, like, it was in Spain. So, like, doing it in Europe, that's a that's a cool, huge thing. We're not doing it in just the US. Mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see this year what they do. Um, I think having places not in the, Euro- the US market is a fantastic idea. Yep. Barcelona seemed well attended from
2: everything I could, that I watched and saw, so... Yeah, yeah I feel bad for people in APAC keep posting like what about us <laughs> you know? yeah i'm i'm hoping
0: I'm hoping this coming year with more time to plan there's more non u s events i and', and cause I remember when they announced the four events for this year, it wasn't Barcelona, it was Europe somewhere yeah yeah they didn't they didn't even have a location i think that was they had undefined europe location more time to plan it than they did vegas last year but i think they still had short enough of a window that it was just like we can't do more than this one outside of the u.s because they're a u.s based company so it's like yeah they absolutely have done historically done a lot of events in europe and asia and all over the place but it's just like I think in that short of time, they didn't have the ability to run more. But I don't. Hopefully, think,
2: I, I really don't think they're going to run more than four a year. I'll be surprised you if they so? do because I think they're going to keep it tied to the pro tour and mm-hmm. world championship.
1: I think it's. A, I think that's a smart idea. I don't think you want to do more than about one a quarter.
0: Okay. Yeah. See, I'm kind of hoping they do more. Simply, and, and I, I don't think they'll do nearly what they used to because one of the reasons that those events were also small is because there were so many when you're running 50 events a year, you can't put the same resources as you can in four.
2: Yeah. There was, there, there used to be when they did the, the, the grand prix system, there was one almost every weekend and there yeah. was, you know, smaller regional ones and then much larger, like the Vegas ones were always huge. Big.
0: Yeah. And um, that's where like the Minneapolis ones were usually fairly small. Yeah. Cause we're just, in the middle of the country there's and we'd get, you know, a a good number of artists would come up, but like you wouldn't get a lot of the people from Europe would, wouldn't come here unless there was a pro tour the next weekend. And then you'd get some people come to Minneapolis so that they're in the U S to go to, they're
1: already testing you know, for
0: the pro tour event and that well, yeah both yeah. both the the players but also you'd get some of the vendors and and artists yeah. would do that where they'd be like well I want to show up for the big event in Vegas but the week before I can show up the week before and go to this other smaller city and hit both so, so you get a I little bit say, of that
1: i really think doing more than about four <laughs> dilutes the events to a level that mm-hmm.
2: You're not going to get the experience that we. I don't often. think they need to that's do fair. Vegas every year, though. So I honestly I think that either. they could they could swap that one out. But I, I have a <laughs> feeling they discovered. are going to do Vegas yeah, every year. That's
0: that's fair, and and it's it it makes sense, and especially like we don't. I don't know almost anything about read Pop, but I'm I'm wonder if there's some capacity there too. Well, some I'll capacity like
1: you. you you know, we 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 have a very strong contingent of say cosplayers, and those cosplayers mm-hmm. being able to come to every event. If you get more than about four events a year for mm-hmm. those
0: cosplayers, oh, yeah.
1: it's just not going to happen.
0: No, absolutely. My 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 but concern, Curtis why I hope think we would have, have more is accessibility. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be very hard. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. It's going to be very hard for me to go to events that aren't in Minneapolis. If right. Uh, especially if I'm I'm doing other things like we're talking a little bit behind the scenes about next year if we want to try to meet up for something and I'd love to, but if I have to travel, that's going to strain my finances when I'm trying to do other things. And, and there's a lot of people who are in a similar situation, especially outside of the U S there's a lot of outside of the U S that I, I, it's a thing like they they should only do what they can like support. And I really like the the event of what I saw at Minneapolis and I hope they continue to do events, learning those lessons. So like maybe learning the lessons, but continuing to aim as high as they did for Minneapolis and some of these other events. I'm just hopeful that they do it in a way that more people can go to these who want to yeah. go. To these.
2: So I think I we're, we're going to, keep seeing a lot more of the regional command fest yeah Mm -hmm. and then see these magic cons you know four times a year yep and uh
0: that's fair and and that allays a lot of that if if they if you kind of create a couple different types of events as opposed to again previously where they had one event and they would do this one type of event everywhere it's just sometimes vegas was bigger than all of the others because like of the nature of because the of the figures. nature of eight, yeah that was the only yeah. one that was four days instead of three and all of that other stuff
1: so i will say that's i was just getting ready to say exactly what Taya did um i think we're gonna get the command fest like we already know th- some of those right like there's ones mm-hmm. coming up i think in there's
2: florida there's one in Atlanta. Up. yeah
1: um I mean, yeah. there's a couple of them coming up and so yeah. i think that's where we're gonna see alex more of what you're kind of saying and i went to one of those with richmond still had an artist Like they had still had strong artist representation. It was a decent amount of gaming space. There was still some cosplayers, but it it was a much more manageable. Actually, it was a lot more manageable if you're somebody that is maybe worried about being a bit overwhelmed. Because I will say, between Minneapolis and Vegas, it it felt like going to like a convention in the sense of it was packed, right? Like it, it was very busy all four days in vegas the merch line i couldn't even i never hopped in it um to get like the specialized merch if i didn't have i think for minneapolis tay i think i borrowed your black lotus so i could do because they have like that sideline. but a regular line i would struggle to want to go into when i was in vegas like it was it was it was massive i mean we're already hearing about what happened with the ihop collaboration and i will tell you that was fantastic i did i I mean i think it was on like a video i was watching from mental misplay talking to um one of the creators i think it was to jim lepage uh from the rc slash spike feeders where he had been talking to the creator people that that ihop approached magic when they learned that magic had a stack
0: (laughs) oh my god okay so (laughs) So the
1: the sleeves the sleeves (laughs) which i wanted case got a set of them and they put them on their deck like right away but the, uh, the sleeves say stack master instead of deck master on the back of them <laughs> and have like a pancake. And then they were giving out plus one, plus one counters that were pancakes. Nice. But, but like those, you had to be one of the first 15, 20 people in for the day, right? Like yeah. you had to be in line. That had to be the first thing that you ran to. And I mean, I guess it was a little bit deeper than that because there was like a couple of options you could choose from, but we're already seeing a set of like the, the plus one, plus one counters. I saw a set sold on Facebook uh in one of the Facebook groups for three hundred and something dollars. Oh jeez. Um, a set of sleeves was like sixty-four sleeves was like 125 was the was the bid when I looked at a set. Right. Wow. Like the thing is I'm used to this from something like San Diego Comic Con.
2: Yeah. Right. We're not used to this in the magic world. Other than San Diego Comic Con magic cards. <laughs> right, right. And that was yeah. that's because
1: Hasbro had a presence there. But I mean at a like yeah. a magic event. Um we are not used to exclusives to this level. The TARDIS promo card is going for close to a hundred.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, All I you was... have to
1: do is stand in line and get your photo taken with the TARDIS. I was I missed that one. Uh... Yeah. yeah. I, I was glad I remembered to go back and get my card because we took my squee photo with it before
0: it mm. opened.
1: <laughs> so, so we didn't have to like worry about too long of a line. They still let me do it. But I mean, we're starting to see some things like that that are, that are showing up, right? Like these collaborations, like the IHOP collaboration, I will say, was absolutely fantastically well done. It was well received. But like you're already hearing about scalpers, you're already hearing about things getting resold that were exclusives.
2: Right. Oh yeah, I mean, and they've had the uh, con exclusive secret layers at each one too, where there's only like 300 of them at each con. Like we had the Minneapolis like flyers, not that kind. I think it was no. It was. I'm talking about the ones that they give out to random people. It's oh, like the, 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 the stamp ones, yeah. Shares that, stamped, uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So like, there's 300, 295, I think, or 293 or something of those. Yeah, that they gave out. Right, like the, So, like these things are are exclusives. Um, they're giving out specialized promos that are only available at these events for like winning events, like the Ragavan. Um, there's like the Jace that you get for participating in the World Championships, and then top eight gets. Um, so th- there's more of these con type experiences that I think if you want them, you're gonna go to something like Vegas. If you want a, more of a gathering that is casual, that that you don't have to have a tournament attached to it. Command Fest is where I think you're going to get that
2: Alex, kind of like think what you're describing, but well, they're they not going to have some panels fun events like- at the command fest Seattle too. Like they had a, they mm-hmm. had um, sealed box um, league where you got a random sealed commander box yep. uh, to play games with. And that was a lot of fun. And they, I remember when I went to Richmond, they had some cool kind of side events like that, but they're not having the
1: panels. They're not having, yeah, they're
2: not having a lot of the con stuff. It was, yeah, like you said, there's a few cosplayers and a few artists, you know, being Seattle, I think we had more artists than most of those probably get, because there are, are a lot of artists that are just yeah. based in Seattle. So not having to travel makes a big difference.
0: So I want,
1: to, I want to talk a little bit about Vegas and talk about some of the changes I saw from Minneapolis to Vegas. If that, like, yeah. So like the, the carryovers that were there were amazing. Like I finally got to do Gavin's unknown event and and I'm with Taya that was probably some of the most fun i've had at a, at a magic game event like it, it was just wild to see they they added the extra layer of gavin had done a panel that morning to the de- design they unknown cards. cards yeah and then they went from the event rented them off and got them and handed us to it. those were like our promo cards that we could use um like they designed a card that day and then we got to use it they and there were some new cards for Vegas, but it was also like the hits from all the other ones and the unknown event is just wildly successful i think that's kind of an issue only in the sense of um they continued with that theme of running one on sunday at noon when they have put some of their fan panels and like that is he literally sold out and I think they had even increased the number of slots. I think the one no, I did on 600 at each, 600. I think he said on his video. Yeah. Yeah. 600 people. Right. Like I understand these things are huge, but when it's a charity event, I think that so on Sunday again, they put us. Um, so we were on Sunday again, we were the first one on Sunday. So for the mental health related panel, um, following us, was the Ixalan world building with like Latin American players and like players from those countries uh, that was up against Gavin's? Mm-hmm. Followed by the like D and D world one shot with Michelle, like Kathleen from LLR, Shivam. Um, those were once again up against up against Gavin's unknown event. This one had a doubly awkward thing and i felt really bad especially for that panel at it at, at 12 30 doing the um the world building and it kind of being a diversity panel again because not only was it up against that it, it was up against the memorial for sheldon which mm. yeah we didn't know the full details but even if it wasn't that was going to be a conversation with sheldon right that was yeah. the plan. um the video it was plan c like plan one was him to be there plan b was to live stream him plan c was to have a pre-recorded video and that wasn't even thinking about death but thinking about him not being able to trap like not be able to even um do like a a live stream just because of uh, oxygen and everything else so they knew that was going to be there and and this is where i think i'm hoping that was feedback we gave after minneapolis like hey these these really cool fan panels putting them on the last day of the thing and then putting them up against Gavin's unknown event and then whatever else is going on is really difficult to do. Like, spread those out. And unfortunately, I don't think that happened because I think those ones that were on Sunday compared to some of the other ones that I did see that were more of the fan, that some of the other fan panels had similar elements again. And I really, like I said, I really felt for any, putting... Gavin's unknown event and Sheldon's un- and Sheldon's Memorial or Shevin's Sheldon's conversation at the same time was rough. Um Yeah, and this it's
0: a thing that sure. happens. Well, yeah. There's always going to be things up against each other. Yes, and and it's I don't know, if this makes any sense. But I think as as they get running these more and they get more comfortable running these and they start to expand the content, it it might feel less like things are being singled out if that makes any sense if there's if there's just kind of more things to do in general yes because when there's two things to do you're like oh you're putting these two against each other but when there's like three and a half or four and a half or five different things you kind of like you go to where you want to go and yeah, so sure. it's less like that
2: just help not to cram all the diversity talks into one block because people are not going to sit for that whole block anyways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think
2: that's where the the, like you said, Alex, they're still learning. I
1: think the problem is after having given the feedback last time, it it felt like doing it again almost feels not great because there was that opportunity to make a change. Um, And I think that where it felt not great was that we weren't the only ones who gave that feedback after last time um yeah. and it, it, it looks bad In my, it just it looks bad because it's the um it's the we invited people to the table but we we did it in a way that kind of sets them up to not do well um so like th- these were the, the the things that i struggled with the most uh the changes from minneapolis to now they made that creator area that they had first started in minneapolis where you could like go and like creators could have like an hour like signing time they made that a really cool whole area and they attached the like free play command zone to it
0: oh nice so this creator nice.
1: area was like the creator area was a focal point of the downstairs area see they, that
2: makes sense like because they had the creator yeah. area in the pro tour area at minneapolis which are like these yeah it just there wasn't the traffic. You want them right with the commander players and all the other players that are actually going to see them. So they, they did, they
1: did a great job. They had the ticketed events off kind of in the back. They moved that up to the front. The creators were front and center. Um, They were, they had them with these blocks where they were able to just like, they, they gave them so much product to give away. So everybody was sitting down to meet the creators. Um, They were giving creators certain like reserved desk or reserved commander um, table so that they could even after their hour was over they could keep playing games and like that area so that to me was done fantastically so putting those together and then moving the pro tour was basically the world championships was upstairs kind of off in its own area in the way back of the the hall so we were on two separate floors and they took up both of those floors which is wild i mean Mm -hmm. i thought it was big in in minneapolis like i mean it was obviously vegas but like it was huge um the uh the upstairs you kind of had like all the vendors you had the main stage where people could watch things and then you had the whole art area all there as well um for me the fun thing that i didn't think would be fun was honestly and i don't know like i i guess this could be something the random that randomly they could keep doing was going to a party dj by <laughs> elijah Wood. that's right
2: what like your Frodo costume. Or not your or not your Frodo, you do have Frodo. Sweet. I mean, your squee costume. Yeah, I mean, you I was talking, you know, you mentioned you were you were dancing to Frodo as Squee.
1: Dancing to Frodo as Squee <laughs> is one yes. of the most surreal oh. well well while well, Scrapper Ferret, our buddy Matt, is in a Johnny wearing boxers, a pair of red <laughs> heart boxers. Classic. Um, classic 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 red
0: hearts (laughs) the classic red heart boxers yeah
1: i mean it was wild like i i swear to god elijah wood has the best life in the sense of like i feel like that dude made the movies he wanted to make he made money and now he does whatever he wants to do yeah and what he wants to do is dj a magic the gathering dance party (laughs) with like weird shiva and i were talking that it was like the prom that like half of us probably didn't have like he was playing, like <laughs> late 80s early 90s they went into Enya at one point like Sail nice. Away was playing like it was wild
0: that's and, awesome like,
1: I mean I think that was uh I don't know how the VIP things have been in the past like this was just open like it was 60 bucks you got a collector booster out of it and I, I like I wasn't sure I was actually on the fence about this and I have to say that I'm really glad that I went um I also want to say I am very, very glad that I dressed up as Squee. Uh, I got to tell you all, it was, it was very, it was a lot of fun. Um, I <laughs> being able to combine that ski mask with the rest of it
0: <laughs> the ski
1: mask really adds a level. I will say I literally watched people all day long get lost in their conversation when I walked by. Like I heard conversations stop and people have to apologize. That's awesome. So, it was so much fun to do. And like, I, this is where I want to say thank you to um, the cosplay community. Uh, we've had, you know, fair number of the people from that community on the show. We've talked about them. We've hung out with them at events. You know, I, I've, I've we, you know, like our, one of our first guests, I mean, early on was, you know, Olivia, Tappy, Matt, and Jen. And, You know, like they're they're you know, there's all these new cosplayers on the scene, but they they're still such a force there. And getting to meet so many of the cosplayers through them, and 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 even in Minneapolis, getting to do that, I I like felt like I was like I walked out in what to me is a much more ridiculous cosplay than anything else. Like I Mm -hmm. I bought a red robe off of like Poshmark. It was definitely a woman's like nightgown robe, which was perfect for the slumber party. I put a green suit on. And, like I had the mask with with uh uh with my um like crown, I was getting pulled in to do photos with who I consider to be these class players, right like they were so just like giving me the confidence to want to like join in to like want to come back to like want to do this.
0: And that's a thing as a random aside. Yeah. Maybe not random aside. It's sort of related, but that's a big that's an important part of all this. The community is on board with all this. Yeah. Like it's a big deal no. that Wizards is like, let's do some events like this, but the community is part of that. Like the the magic cosplay community, as myself, someone who has never never done any cosplay at all, and I and I don't have any interest in doing it myself <laughs> but i think it's it's super cool like i love it i love that people do this it is incredible but it's 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 really interesting to me to how the sort of the magic cosplay community is is building and and supporting itself because it's so small compared to a lot of other conventions you go to an anime convention and there is a substantially yeah. larger percentage of the population doing and- cosplay of uh, some kind
1: people are dressed up even if it's oh, yeah. even if it's more like what i did yeah right?
0: like people you are have a up. large population of people even if it's smaller things like what you did all the way up to some of the big ridiculously elaborate things there's a friend of mine this is just a local convention at, at, at convergence that is has a high cosplay thing um a, a friend of mine she built Howell's moving castle as a costume that was so big it required five people to take it apart so she could go through doors (laughs)
3: wow
0: and she just built that and and like that is part of the cult now she's kind of on the extreme end but that's part of that cosplay culture that exists in some of these other fandoms that is much newer in magic but is growing because we have some incredible people who put a lot of work into both their what they do themselves but also support each other and support people who are interested in it.
1: 100% absolutely. I mean, I, 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 people say that, right? Like there's sometimes Mm -hmm. that image, I think from larger fandoms, you hear people talk about like, Oh yeah. Like worried about cosplayers being welcoming. I gotta tell you, like, I had people coming up and going out of their way, people that I know, cosplayers, I know to like tell me, they were so glad that I had done this. Um, You know, my plan was to wear it for a little while for a couple of hours, kind of what I did. Um, I wanted to see how it was. I used to do a lot of theater, and I miss it. But, like, it was wild to walk around. I think my favorite thing was walking around knowing how many people absolutely, as soon as they saw it, knew that it was me. Um, yeah.
0: Like, was you, have, like, you have such things. a clear brand.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, it, it is funny to know that that is, you know. I walked up at one point, and, and uh, RK Post was, like said, <laughs> He's like, yeah, are you shocked that I knew it was you? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, <laughs> no I am not shocked in the least that people have correctly guessed this nobody walked up and was like oh oh it's Hobbs I'm shocked right like there was no like oh yeah no I had people that didn't know that I was dressing up that flat out just picked me up they're like that's Hobbs um but like the decision to go to a dance party as that is just not (laughs) something I would have thought of doing and yet it was incredibly just a whole other aspect that I got to experience. Um, and I would not have felt comfortable if it hadn't have been my experience with cosplayers previously. Uh, it, it Richmond, it, um, Minneapolis, it, Minneapolis, it <laughs> Vegas in the past. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I think that is one of the things that I think, as you said, Alex, the way that they, you, you both talked about this with the elaborate almost like sets, like the Eldrain set. Like, they had a throne up there. They had, like, Olivia is already taking photos with people, right? With, like, the glass, like, Apple. There was food set up. They, it, it is theatrical, and it is experiential, and mm-hmm. you need cosplayers walking around to make it that. Um yeah. I got to tell you the, my favorites. I get, There was some. They did, uh, a lot of the cosplayers, uh, they, a group of them did the baseball ones. So they all did, yeah, like, the baseballs. I saw uh,
0: I saw some of that some pictures from that.
1: The uh the Ginger the Sir Ginger absolutely crushed it like with a pitchfork chasing like any Garrett cosplayer around at <laughs> time. So, um that was amazing. But I mean there was just so many cosplays and and it, 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 people were getting their photos taken with them in front of like the shim and dragon in the things they had the dinosaur that you could crawl back on again they brought that back they had the tardis there right like you create yeah. these experiences of
0: things to do yeah and they're that immersive yeah exactly that, that's part of making it a bigger event and i'll say some of the the conventions i go to haven't had things like that but that's one of the advantages of this being run by the company that does the game is they have the ability to do some of those things. But you're yeah. you're building like you're you're kind of saying, Hobbs, you're building experiences that you can't have other places. And it's it's great to sit down and play Magic. I love playing Magic. Those events are great places to do it because you can get enough people there. But building these things outside of the game that just can't be done outside of these events is also important to making them kind of worth going to and worth paying for.
1: I, 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 I like, this is where it blew my mind because I knew that I was picking something that, right, like, and and I'm sure people may listen to this and they're going to think that I'm being completely, or being self-deprecating or, or, or downplaying. But, like, I really was not, I did not know what to expect going as squee in the way that I did. I knew I was very much doing a, a costume that was really me just putting together items, right? Like there wasn't sewing involved. There wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything like that. I had so many people. I was, I got yelled squee or my liege across like rooms. Um, <laughs> I had somebody that wanted me to record saying like ciao to their friend and their their Italian friend to videotape it, to send to them. So like squee saying ciao, basically. Like, right. Like I, I, I like, I had people asking to stop and take my picture. Um, right, like I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and uh, I'm a little I, disappointed, in Alex. Because uh, I was already ordering us the supplies to do goblin bullying team.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah <laughs> I mean if we ever if we ever do another con where we're all three there, I totally would be up for <laughs> yes. peer pressure. peer pressure. No, I was going to say, though, that, you know, I did a I did a closet um, Hikara cosplay at uh, Command Fest Seattle in 2019, just kind of grabbing some uh, very raptos looking wig and a really raptos looking jacket and stuff that I had out of my closet. No one would recognize it as Hikara unless you actually asked me, but people could recognize that I was cosplaying something just because of how ridiculous I looked, but uh, um you know, uh, it's something I'd love to do more of though. But I need to have a professional make me something. But I, I, I always thought I did. But it, you know, it just sounds how positive you did from just throwing some stuff together. You know, that's so awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and so like, uh, I mean, th- those elements were like I said, the art stuff that was interesting was, um, I saw some proofs that were w- like so Dakota. So he's the one who did the the goblin. So Wizard of Bard she also made the ski mask. Um, he did the goblin ones and his prices have gone up and they were selling out in a heartbeat. Like uh, the goblins were a hundred each. Yeah. He pre-sketched them, which is fantastic too. Cause like, I want them sketched, but like, this is the whole thing is like more artists are doing things like having ones in their binders Mm -hmm. Mm pre-sketched. So unless you want like a very specific commission, you can get it right there.
2: Yeah, I, I, I bought a I, bunch yeah. of pre sketched John Avon ones in Minneapolis because it was like, when else are you gonna be able to get a sketch John Avon artist? You're not. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he's not gonna have time at the show to do them. The guy is slammed the whole time he's at the show. Yeah. And 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 like has difficulty. He can't
1: do the long periods of time of signing. Like he has to take yeah. breaks. So like, yeah. yeah, you can buy this. I mean, that's such brilliant mark uh J- Jason Angle. I got the the um sakashima of a thousand faces sketched out of his nice. book for like a hundred i know people that waited two years to get theirs i am so jealous of i know that. but like this was the stuff that i'm seeing the artists start to do um mm-hmm. do those specialized things like like you know justine jones doing her like she's done metal tokens you know randy or rk post usually does something jeff laubenstein always does something now for the event he's going to uh the, the wild one, I, I have to share with you all to just kind of show how this is a new world, even for some of the artists. So Wizard of Barge did this Jace that they're giving out to the um, like pro tour participants, and then the top eight gets foil ones. So there's like 32 of them, right, total for the year. Uh, he got artist proofs of them, and he brought only five of them because he decided to price them at 503000 he sold them during the preview hour for the uh, VIPs only. And when I came to talk to him, he said, I only brought five of each because I had never priced anything that high before. At 3000 a pop?
2: At 3000 a pop on the foil. Yes. No. It's, and they uh, sold. Yeah. I mean, y- there's only 30. There's a, as many artist proofs as there are actual other cards. He, he could have gotten more for them. They like, mm-hmm. I think they're getting into things like
1: scaling. Yeah. And he was saying, like, I'm having, he had, a, he had a friend coming later that day to that was going to be also that was coming, I think, from wherever he lives and was going to bring him more because he, yeah. he flat out didn't think he was going to sell them. Yeah. But I'm yeah. so glad to hear that, right? Like,
2: he got yep. paid.
1: He's almost getting per artist proof what he probably got to do the commission.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if it's more from what I've heard about what the artists get paid for per piece. Three thousand is
1: about the going rate for a mythic. Yeah, you may get a little more for a planeswalker. And this was one of those other things I ran into that was kind of wild. Um, They're one of the they're they're the highest like in the industry too.
2: Oh, you're talking about like selling it after? I was talking about the commission price itself
1: no 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 i'm talking about the commission price
2: oh yeah all right you get
1: like three thousand for a planeswalker or or like you know like a thousand for a common uncommon that's higher than that's like the highest in the industry yeah but if they can make i mean it's like it's sad but if he could turn around and sell you know 30 of those at three thousand each
2: that's you know it's fantastic for the artists now Mm
1: -hmm. i will say uh i did hear that Overall, Vegas was a little tougher than Minneapolis for the artists because there was there was there was like it was it was Vegas go big right so I think there was like forty artists
2: that's a lot of mm-hmm. artists in one place. Wow! And we're, all,
1: and we're also starting to get you know you know like it, some people were don't go to a lot of them only go to a few events, but a lot of them are starting to be repeat people, which is great right that are the faces we know but you know, like, I, I can think of a few that I went to their booths, but they didn't have anything new from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I do wonder if that art thing, how that's going to, to go. I think it's finding ways to do it with things like exclusives. I really think the pre-sketching proofs is brilliant. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, as long as they know their proofs that are going to go, and or, yeah. or their artists that'll just sell anything they sketch, like John Avon. Right,
1: right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you got to target it for the others, but I mean, you know, like right. yeah, J- Jason Angle being able to sell like Sakashima's, those, those are going to sell. They're yeah, obviously, buying, yeah. yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, all in all, it was a wild to me just how, even from Minneapolis, like it, it did seem that they learned. Right. I, I I talked to a lot of people that felt just like the way that they did the creator area and made that more front and center. I think you're like you're saying, Taya, um, especially with the command zone, like being right there was huge. Um, doing things like that to make it experiences are the things that I hope to see kind of the more of. Uh, I really do want them to take a look at their other programming, though, and think about right. Like you're going to do these Gavin events. It, just be mindful of what you're putting up against them um you know like you said alex there's always got to be something but if
2: they they have the the saturday one a little bit later in the afternoon so it doesn't conflict that sunday sunday is always going to be in the afternoon and that's when they're running these panels
0: too so yeah and what did they have did they have panel programming all three days um, I don't think they had anything on Friday, and, and that's yeah. and that's a thing too. Uh, fewer people will show up Friday. Friday is a smaller day, but depending on what you have for programming, especially as you do more things, you're kind of looking to use that more of that time. And I would say uh, Friday was think,
2: busier than Sunday. Yeah, Friday, yeah. I mean, Friday yeah. would have been up against Command Zone Live, which was probably even bigger than. That's true. Anything <laughs> else? Uh,
1: earlier in the day right i mean like because i wasn't but i mean like i think that's where we're kind of like looking at what you want to be yeah i I think there's ways to work with read pop to kind of think about this um yeah like the, the the sheldon panel was unavoidable i will say that that made my sunday that's the other thing putting the mental health panel on sunday is hard for me i would love to do it a different day because i mean my you know you all know me i'm a pretty active extroverted person at these events like i had no voice and then you throw shiva in there with me. yeah <laughs> the two of us were like eh, yeah i sounded like like 60 year old smokers um but i mean it also was just a lot of emotional weight uh to have on one sunday so for me personally sunday was tough um i literally went from talking for an hour with other very raw, open, emotional people with, with Ryan, Chase, and Shivam to, to like mourning Sheldon, um, to basically my con being over, right? Like yeah. I left for the airport. Like it was, it was tough. Sunday I was an absolute wreck. Um, but I think we're learning. I think we are seeing evolution. I think this is for me personally, I can say I remember us doing a show, Alex, where we talked. Years ago, and like I said, it may have been one of those first ones with Titus. What we would want, and we're actually kind of getting there. Like we're yeah. we're getting to it.
0: Yeah, and and I think some of that is learning from other areas, and so some of that is Reebop. Like as you mentioned, like Reebop does these events. They have been doing yeah. them for years. That is
2: their business.
0: Yeah, and so so tapping them, I think, was a big sort of level up to that. It it helped to build into some of that stuff faster because like yeah, that's what they do. That's what they have been doing.
2: Yeah, I think that uh you know, we're going to see them you know continue to evolve this idea, but we're going to you know, we already know we're getting One more, you know, in February, which sadly I won't be able to make. But, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to make whatever's after that because I miss Vegas too. Uh, And I'd like to be able to get out to another uh, one of these cons. But, um, yeah, we're going to continue to see them evolve and see where they go in the future at this, you know, where they keep improving them each time.
1: And that's my hope. I mean, this is what I would like for Magic. I think there's a place for competitive. I don't want to see competitive go away. I I think it is that recognition, though, that that competitive isn't really the bulk of who is going to be traveling for these events. Like, they're going to be traveling anyway. This is to get more of the quote-unquote gathering together.
0: Yeah, and I think that there was a time when that is what drove attendance to to these events, but honestly, that's... Not what's driving the audience to these events anymore. The, these these fan conventions and things have existed in other spaces and other fandoms, and so many people are, uh, you know, involved in more than one hobby. And I think folks like Taya and I have, have been to a lot of of anime conventions and and, and other fan conventions. And those Hobbs, you've been to some with, San Diego Comic Con and things. And so like, there's lots of people who've seen these other events and are starting to now that more of that's coming into Magic why not go to a magic event that does that too? And so that's starting to, I, I'm glad they're going that direction. Like you said, that's the thing that we've been talking about for for years that we'd like to see more of that. And it lets them not just sort of tap into casual and give more uh, content at these events for casual communities, but also for things like the Vorthos community, also things like the mental health that, stuff that we're a part of, like it, it allows them to start to provide more content for these smaller sub communities within the larger community. Cause again, you drive enough people into this space, you know, you're going to have the, you know, enough people in this small community that it's worth making some content to sort of service this specific sub community. And it's great. I love that more, parts of the community can can celebrate this stuff. And then you have folks who aren't necessarily part of that, who maybe aren't part of Vorthos stuff, get to go see Vorthos and go, oh, this might be interesting. I want to de- dive more into this. And it gives more just exposure to some of the different parts of this wide community. Magic has so much stuff that you can kind of be a fan of and be part of. These events I, are a great way of celebrating it all. One last thing that I kind
1: of want to comment on, which I think you know, we did see in, in Minneapolis, but I think is a product of a magic con and, and even command fests. Compared to anything I went to in the previous magics to GPs, the diversity <laughs> at these events, it's not even close, right? Like the amount of people from, from historically marginalized groups that were present at this magic con, it was, it was everywhere, right? Like this was not just looking out into a room of white dudes. I'm not saying there weren't still a lot of them, but I have not been to, you know, like this is very different than if you had gone to magic events, or if you had gone to a game store, an LGS up until five years ago, these magic cons are a lot more representative of who probably was always playing magic, but didn't feel comfortable going to something that was big and
0: magic. And a lot of those communities are more represented in some of these other fandoms. And, and it's great that there's more of a space. There's starting to be more of a space for them in, in Magic in some of these big events.
1: So that's our kind of recap. I mean, let us know what you think. I mean, what, for those of you who have been to these Magic Cons, especially if you had been to events prior to the pandemic or back in the day, we would love to hear what your thoughts are on changes and, and where you think this goes from here. So thank you all for listening.
3: And that's our show for today. You can find all of the hosts on Twitter for now. Hobbs can be found at HobbsQ, Taya can be found at Taya Transcends, and Alex can be found at Mel Chronicler. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to the Goblin Lord Pod on Twitter, or email us at goblinlordpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, our link tree can be found on our Twitter account and in the description of today's show. This has everything from various discount codes to the link for our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vintergotten, who can be found at vintergotten at bandcamp.com The art was done by Stephen Raffel, who can be found at Steve Ruffle on Twitter. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing porthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at hipstersofthecoast.com Thank you for listening and remember Goblins like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.